Last week we uh, we talked about just a just a little um, went into some things, some issues, just in in life about what day to day looks like, how to live victoriously day to day. We talked about that last week, and I I just want to kind of touch on a few of those things that we discussed last week. You know, um, always in life, no matter no matter what, you're going to have difficulties. There's going to be things that <clears throat> will arise in our lives. I mean, there, there's going to be things that will... In, in a lot of ways, try to shock us, get us into fear. Um, uh, there'll, be, there'll be days, you, you may have a great day one day and the next day comes along and maybe something at work or something on the job or whatever gets stirred up. And as a result of that, what tries to happen is it, what, it, it tries to affect our lives and get us off of believing how real that God is. That's, and, and listen to me, that's all that the devil has. That's all he has. He has no power. All he has is deception. In deceiving us, stirring us, getting us emotional, and getting us living in our emotions. He, he will defeat you if you live from one emotional circumstance or situation or issue you if you live from one emotion to the next he will defeat you i mean every day um i mean he'll 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 whip your backside and have you whining when when we live from emotion to emotion now the bible says we're to live from faith to faith right and the way I've always seen that, or the way I've seen it for many years, is that we're to live from one faith experience to the next in the things that we deal with in life. One faith issue to the next instead of one emotional issue to the next. Somebody says something to you, it's, it's almost, somebody, you, you can get on the telephone with someone and somebody can say something to you and cause you to be stirred up emotionally, and it's almost like they slapped you, right? And, and what emotion wants to do is either go inward or slap back. And, and that's what gets us in trouble. God didn't make us, He, he didn't create us to protect ourselves. He created us to protect us. There's promises all through the Bible that says that God goes before us. He's our rear guard. He's got our backside covered. He's on our left hand and our right hand. He's on every side. He has us. Actually, actually in uh, Psalm, what is it? Maybe 15? I may be wrong about that, but I think it's Psalm 15. It says that His, his favor surrounds us like a shield. <laughs> His favor does. So in essence, 
I don't have to protect myself. When I, when I say that, I'm not talking about not being smart and intelligent and doing what you know is right, but sometimes some intelligent things can be the wrong things. We have to, we have, to have the wisdom of God. We, know, we have to know how to operate in life from day to day. And so, <clears throat> last week we, I gave you a number of dis- different examples that I was thinking about. You know, like if you're, if you're on a job and maybe you've been with a company. I, I, had a, I knew a guy that <clears throat> had been with a big major company. You'd know who it was. I'm not going to out them or anything. I mean, I feel like they did some wrong things, at least what I read about them in the news, and that doesn't mean a whole lot, <laughs> sorry to say. But uh, I read about this company and what they'd done to some of their employees, you know, and it was just not right what they did. And I knew somebody that worked for them, been with them for over 20 years, and they just let them go because they didn't want to have to pay the retirement. And uh, it was wrong, you know. But, but I'm telling you that... <clears throat> If you're with a company 20 years and you walk in one day and they tell you they don't need you anymore and they don't really give you any heads up and in two weeks you're gone and they're giving you a little bitty severance pay and that's about it, you know, and, 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 and there's no more of that world that's, that you've been accustomed to, the enemy wants you stirred up. And I, and I promise you, if you weren't, if you weren't looking for that, you're going to be stirred up. You just have to grab those emotions with the word of God and bring those things under control. Because you're not going you, to have somebody pray for you that you'll never be emotional again. <laughs> because we're people of emotion, are we not? The Bible says we are. <clears throat> so you're, you have emotions. God just wants you to keep them reined in. And when you're a doer of the word on a day-to-day basis, when something, I just use that as a job or whatever, just... just I mean, plug anything else in life day to day into that. When that comes, if the word is fresh, there is an answer for your situation every single time. And that's what we have to be made aware of. All through the Bible and some of the stories I've been reading as of late in the New Testament, um, a lot of Jesus' stories um, had to do with trying to get his disciples' attention because he wasn't going to be there forever. He was on the earth in his, under, under the anointing of God that we're under. If we're born again, that same anointing is, is with us. He, he was under that anointing for only three and a half years. And so during that three and a half year period of time, I believe when he first started under that anointing after he was baptized in the River Jordan and the Holy Spirit came upon him, the Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Then the Scripture talks about he was led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness for 40 days. That began his earthly ministry as he began to step into it. I mean, there's a few other things that happened, but that was really the beginning of the anointing. And with the beginning of his ministry... I believe things day to day began to evolve in him. He didn't, he didn't just wake up one day, like the next day after being baptized in the River Jordan, and he had the whole plan what the next three and a half years was going to look like. No, that, that wouldn't be fair uh, for the rest of mankind. He, be, he came here to be our older brother, the one we follow in his footsteps to operate in the same anointing that he did. If he had some preferential treatment because 
he was the Word of God, the Son of God, because if he had preferential treatment, then it wouldn't work for us. The anointing wouldn't work for us. So it had to happen in his life just like it is, it's been presented to us. He was that perfect example for us. So I think things began to evolve, and as time went on, we get these stories where, man, I mean, he, he's, he, I think in his head, he wants to get emotional and think, you know what? I can't leave here. This bunch is a bunch of... I mean, you know, I've told them, I've talked to them, I've preached to them, and they're not getting it. I can't leave here. I mean, I'm thinking, he's probably in his head thinking that, but he, he controlled his emotions, and so when he would speak to them, he'd say to them, why is it that you have such little faith? Why are you doubting in this situation? Why are you not believing what I said? Well, God's saying to that, that to us every single day. He, I promise you, the voice of God is saying to us, when we choose to operate in emotion, He's challenging us. He's not, he's not speaking down to us and, and trying to you know, you know, uh, condemn us. for the, that. Condemnation doesn't come from the heart of the Father. Conviction does. See? Condemnation and conviction are similar. They operate under similar principles, but conviction is from the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost daily is revealing to us what we need to do to overcome those situations. Because if I overcome one day, then, then I've got some testimonial in my head about how I can overcome the next day. And the next day. See, But if I, if I revert to my emotions this day, and then the next day it comes and I really haven't gotten over that, then more than likely I'm going to revert to my emotions the next time. See? So, listen, we're all in the same boat. We can choose to be emotional people, or we can choose to operate in self-control, which is one of the fruits of the Spirit, and operate in self-control and be doers of the Word and get control of things because He's given us everything we need to be able to do that. So it's not me trying to figure out how to do it. It's me learning from Him and then doing it. That's why, we, that's why when we read some of these stories, you know, sometimes if you read in certain translations, Sometimes some of the words aren't, aren't translated correctly. If you look in the, in the literal, and God is never, he's never, He never has this attitude of slapping people, talking down to people. He's trying to raise us up. He'll talk firm. He'll talk direct. He'll speak to us and tell us things because He's trying to save our hind ends instead of allowing the enemy to defeat us day to day. Amen? So... Um, I've read, this, I've read this out of Matthew 21, and I want to read it again. <clears throat> Matthew 21 and verse 21 and 2. Actually, um, actually, go back to verse 18. I'm sorry. Should have started there. Now, in the book of Mark, Mark has, Mark chapter 11 is, he, he has his interpretation of what happened here, and this is Matthew's interpretation. And I like this. He says, now in the morning, as he returned to the city, 
Jesus was hungry, and seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves and said to it, Let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered, and he said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt... If you have faith and you do not doubt, what, 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 what's that statement? What is that statement in reference to? That statement is in reference to the question here. You know, how did that tree wither up so quickly? If you have faith and you don't doubt. So is Jesus saying that like, you should be walking in faith with no doubt? No. He's saying you have faith and doubt because you're developing it and you're overcoming the doubt that you have about whether this is really going to happen. But to get results with cursing a fig tree and it drying up and dying immediately or whatever the process of time was there, Mark's example shows that they didn't see it till the next morning. That situation happened in Mark, in Mark chapter 11. Then they leave, and then the, the next morning they come into town and they notice that it's dried up. Well, more than likely, in, in, in Mark's situation, who knows, maybe some of the people saw it immediately dried up and others didn't, I don't know. But however, he's saying that the way that you curse a fig tree, the way that you speak to something and get results is by having faith in what God said is so and not doubting. That's how we get it. So, we've defined, and we've looked at this a number of times, but we've, we've defined what doubt is. And I've used different examples about a person that doubts and you know if you have no understanding of a specific thing and you're doubting whether what someone's telling you about something is true um, you know I've, uh, times when I've traveled to other countries or whatever and you're in that country and somebody tells you something about the country and they say well this is what this is what they do here and I'm thinking okay we'll see right? I've never been there. Maybe I didn't study up about that. Maybe I didn't know that that was actually what was going on. So we'll see. So do I have some legitimate doubt about what someone's saying about that country, right? Okay. So, so really what Jesus is saying here is that every person when they, let, let's just take coming into the kingdom of God and coming into revelation and understanding of God's word, as you learn how to develop faith, you already had doubt. Okay? So, I'm developing faith with doubt. So, as I'm developing faith in God, what's happening is, my understanding of God is becoming clearer, and what's happening is, doubt is becoming something that I'm removing from my thinking. Because the doubt is in your soul. 
Have you ever been prayed for and nothing happened? Anybody ever laid hands on you and nothing changed in your physical body? Let's say you, you were being prayed for where healing or something is concerned and nothing happened. You ever prayed for somebody and they ended up dying? I'm just being real direct about it. I, I, I mean, most people that have been in the church world that I know of, we, we could go and, and I could give you about a dozen more examples and everybody could say, yeah, I did that, I did that, I did that. So what happens is, what, we, what happens is what gets lodged in our thinking is, is that God's word doesn't work and that's what the devil's after. He's after you and I believing that the word doesn't work. When in actuality, for us to get results like what Jesus is talking about right here, we have to have faith and not doubt. So that means I have to day-to-day -day develop my walk of faith and develop faith and confidence in what God has said. And as I'm developing that faith, doubt is leaving. Didn't say... I confess a few scriptures and, and uh, I, I, I think that's going to work and I think, that's, I think I believe that. No, if you think you believe it and you're not sure, that's doubt. So, do we just back off 100% and we don't do anything and we just sit around and, and listen to Pastor Burt preach and other people preach and we just listen to the Word and then we don't do anything with it? We just wait till someday some magical thing happens and we start having faith and no doubt. Absolutely not. I'm telling you today, if you've been born again more than a day, and you've been listening to any word, faith is being developed. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the Word of God. So you can have, you can have faith in some business deal you're doing you have absolute faith in it because you've studied it you know what you're doing you're, you're putting out the effort and you have faith in that but I'm talking about the God kind of faith everybody say God kind of faith we're not talking about faith in something else and we're not talking about uh, uh, faith as some people in the church world call as like a, a religion or a denomination well I'm of the faith no no, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the God kind of faith that he's talking about right here. That when I speak to something, and I know God told me to speak that, and I know God's word says I can speak that, that I have faith that what I say, I'm going to get what I say when I say it, not when I see it. Now, whether I see it instantly or not, okay, determines the level of it determines the level of doubt that I am removing from my life. Now listen, I'm not the doubt remover. The Word in me is the doubt remover. Did you hear me? And we got to believe that. What is in the seed of the Word for your and my life is the power and ability to remove doubt. So I'm going to say it again. You and I today, everybody sitting in here today, has faith of some level in some area of your life and doubt. Because you will never top out in the level of faith that you have 
in different areas of your life. You may have, you may have what you would consider 100% faith about healing in your body. But in another area over here, you don't. And if all you do is stay confident over here and you let this go, what happens is that contaminates this. Because it's a package deal. We've got to believe God in every area of our life. If you've ever had financial troubles, if you've ever had issues financially, in the United States of America, if you're not paying your bills, if you have credit cards and you're not paying your credit card payments, you got phone calls, emails. And I'm not talking about just one or two, you got them all day long. And they'll come after you. And they'll send people after you. Okay? Where if, if there's something that's attacked your physical body and you're battling with the symptom, it's just you and the symptom. When you're battling finances like I'm talking about in this country, and you're battling that with other people, you may have 15 people bombarding you all the time. I'm telling you that you may have victory where the symptom is concerned because you've heard the Word, you've meditated, you've been speaking the Word over it, you've seen some victory there, and I mean the 15 calls a day are bombarding your mind, and it's, it can become easier to just focus on the symptom leaving than dealing with why you're in the financial situation that you're in. See, it takes faith in God to show you how to get, not just get away from all the phone calls. You don't want to be in that financial condition, and you got there some way, and the wisdom of God will show you how to get out of it. Can you say amen? See, so God's got, this is a package thing, and He's got it all figured out. And I promise you, as you're developing faith in God, there's doubt there that wants to keep you not believing that faith really works. I've had many people say, after words like this that I preach, you know, Pastor, you're just saying that, you, you, so you're just saying, I just don't have enough faith. I didn't say that at all. Did anybody just hear that? I didn't say you didn't have enough faith. Listen, I said last week, when, 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 when Jesus rebukes Peter because he started sinking, <laughs> It said, why did you have, why did you operate in little faith? Why, why did you have such little faith? So Peter walked on water with little faith. Praise the Lord. I, I, I'm telling you, Peter walked on water with little faith. It doesn't take a lot of faith. The faith is like the grain of a mustard seed is what it takes to see victories begin to happen in your life, the issue is removing doubt. That's the issue. He said right here, just read the rest of this, uh, the 21st and 2nd verse. <clears throat> well, in verse 20, And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt... You will. Everybody say, I will. I will. Say it again. You will not only do what was done to the fig tree, because I don't know about you, but I don't have any fig trees in my yard. 
So I'm not going to be practicing on any fig trees. So it's not about the fig tree. It's about whatever it is that you're speaking to. But also, if you say to this mountain, be removed, and he's not talking about Mount Everest. He's talking about the mountain of issues on a day-to-day basis, the things that we face. If you speak to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believing, what does that mean? Having faith with no, no doubt, you will receive. Now, what, what, I'm, what I want to encourage you in, what God has really encouraged me in in the last three or four or five years in, in what, concerning this revelation is everybody's on, in and on a journey. Just stay on the journey and let the Word of God be the central focus of your journey. That the Word of God is not just getting in my head, and it is, it's giving me information, you know, because a lot of times one of the big issues that there's such doubt is because there's not information. So the Word of God, to develop the faith of God, the, faith, the God kind of faith, okay, the Word of God being, being um, processed in and through my ears and my eyes down in my heart coming out of my mouth is a journey that each of us have to be on so that the Word of God and the seed of the Word can produce the harvest and the fruit that we're looking for. If you never plant the seed, it's not going to produce a harvest. And the harvest will always be after its own kind. Mark chapter 4 says the sower, first and foremost, sows the word. Someone hears somebody teach on financial sowing, that you, you sow and you reap, and, and they try that. Sometimes things like that work real quickly. But the real revelation in there is that sowing and reaping in the financial world is not a magic trick. But first and foremost, to get that understanding and revelation about seed time and harvest in the financial realm, you have to be sowing the Word. So what does that mean? Tonight you're listening to something that I'm preaching that God told me to preach, okay? So you're hearing God's Word preached. Is that enough? Is it enough? Absolutely not. Number one, you've got to take what I'm saying, go to the Word yourself and make sure you believe that yourself. Because it won't work for you just because it's working for me. But it has to be preached because the Bible says it has to be preached. But when the word is preached, I take it and meditate on it as it, goes, as it comes in my ears and my eyes as I'm taking it in through, my, through the sense realm. Okay? And it gets down in my heart as it begins to come out of my mouth and I begin to declare things that I'm hearing. Like... In, in, in this passage of Scripture right here, um, you can take verse 22 and you can make a confession out of verse 22 by saying this, Lord, I believe today that whatever I ask you in prayer, as I'm believing and I'm trusting in you, I believe I'm on the receiving end of all that you have for me. See, I've turned that into a confession and a prayer. And I, above everybody else, I need to hear myself say things like that. 
I need to break down what it is that I'm hearing and meditating on and make it a personal thing for myself. And when I do that, it renews my mind. And what happens? Doubt begins to go. Unbelief begins to leave. It, be, it, it begins to be separated from my, my effort in my journey of developing faith. We want those two separated, but yet, doubt's always hanging around, and the enemy's always seeing, can I replace that person's faith with a stronger dose of doubt? Can I replace their faith with a stronger dose of doubt? That's what he's always after. You know what I say to that? Eh. Amen? I don't even have to get emotional about that. I don't have to yell and scream and spit and holler and do all those kind of things and yell and scream at the devil. No. 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 Absolutely not. But it's not, he, he's not, doubt is not going to be removed just because I want it to. It's going to be removed because I believe the promises of God. Amen? Now, look at Romans 4. We were there last week, and I want to read it again, but I want to back up to verse 10. And I'm going to read this out of uh, the New Living Translation, so it'll be on the screen. Verse 10 in the New Living. <clears throat> so, follow with me. This is about Abraham. Now, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to read this, and I'm going to give you some, some timetables with Abraham here, okay? Verse 10. Ah, let's go back to verse 9, sorry. Now, is this blessing only for the Jews, or is it also for uncircumcised Gentiles? Well, we have been saying that Abraham was counted as righteous by God because of his faith. But how did this happen? Was he counted as righteous only after he was circumcised, or was it before he was circumcised? Clearly, God accepted Abraham before he was circumcised. Circumcision was a sign that Abraham already had faith and that God had already accepted him and declared him to be righteous. You know when that started? That started, if you go back and look at it, in Genesis chapter 12. That started when he was about 75 years old, when he was, his name was Abram, and he said, I've, I've, I've called you to be the father of nations. That's when God believed in him. That's when faith started, started developing. Why did it take 25 stinking years for little Isaac to be born? Because doubt was with faith. And it took him 25 years to rid himself because uh, are, we, are we talking about, are we talking with Abraham about a fig tree sucking life out of it situation? Are we talking about a situation where a man is almost 100 years old, his wife is 90, she's never had kids, she's barren, and the only way for the manifestation to happen is for this 100-year-old man and 90-year-old woman to bear a child. 
And I'm not, you know, I mean, Abraham and Sarah weren't some freak show people or some kind of, they're part of the circus or whatever, you know, and, and thinking that, you know, they were weird and it was just different. It was different times and all those kind of things. No, it wasn't different times. It would be like anybody in here that is 90 years old and anybody in here that would be right at about 100 years old and, and, and past the time of bearing children and you having a child. So it's an impossibility in the natural realm. So for that to happen, Jesus said in Matthew 21, for something like that to happen, for a a fig tree to dry up like that, you have to have faith and no doubt. And for that to happen with Abraham, it took almost 25 years. So verse 11, circumcision was a sign that Abraham already had faith and that God had already accepted him and declared him to be righteous even before he was circumcised. What I'm saying to you today is that God is declaring you already have faith and you've already been made righteous. And you already have the tools to see some of the really big things in your life manifest. How many's got a, how, how many in here can say you have at least one big thing you haven't seen manifested in your life? My hand's up. I mean, your hand should be up because you should be believing for some big things. Okay? I'm telling you tonight, you already have the faith. And you're already the righteousness of God. So... Just keep doing what you're doing and increase and do more and get more clarity and understanding on what it means to be a doer of God's Word so that the seed of the Word rids your life of that doubt and when there's faith with no doubt, manifestation. See, don't, don't get upset when I say it like this, but here's the deal. Yeah, but pastor, I believe. Well, you may think you believe. You might think you believed, and you did a little bit of believing, and you did a little this and that. But listen to me, I'm saying, what I'm telling you is, when we don't have manifestation, it's because we didn't believe and not doubt. So is that condemnation heaped? Is that, oh my gosh, I'll I'll never accomplish it? Well, maybe that's what Abraham, maybe it took him 25 years because he thought, you know what? Man, 10 years in and did the wrong thing with Ishmael and this didn't work out and I lied about this and all these other things and oh my gosh, I, you know, he could have got discouraged and maybe it took a little longer, but I'm just telling you, if you've ever been discouraged, arise and come out of your discouragement through the power of God's word and I promise you, whatever you're believing for and it's of God, I'm going to say it again, whatever you're believing for that is of God, it will come to pass when you have faith and not doubt. That's what he was trying to get over. You go back and read the Gospels. If you don't read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John at least once a year, I just encourage you to do it. You'll get something new out of it all the time. Just read it once a year. Just, just, just read all the way through it. You know, And along the way, write things down. I, I, I like to read through it once and then read through it again. And the second time through, I just take notes and I always get new notes. 
because I go back and look at my old notes that I did the year before or a couple years before or whatever, and there's always something new that God is showing me out of that because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is, is all the red letter, and it's a lot of things that Jesus said, and he's saying the same thing to us, preparing us. Even though we're on this side of the cross now, there are things that he said to prepare his disciples that he was going to be gone. He wants us to be able to stand on our own two feet and believe his word and give doubt no place. We're not, we're emotional people, but we're not ruled by our emotions. We are people of faith that are doing the word and getting results. Can you say amen to that? That's why we're doing this. That's why we're here tonight. When the word's going forth, I'm telling you, it's going to produce in your life if you don't quit and you allow faith to arise and believe that what God said, He is able to do it. Absolutely. <clears throat> Watch this. Well, right in the middle of verse 11. So Abraham is the spiritual father of those who have faith but have not been circumcised. They're counted as righteous because of their faith. So Abraham's the father of you and me, and we've been counted as righteous because of our faith. Say, I have faith. Say it again. Come on, say it like you mean it. You have faith. We have faith in God. Our faith and our confidence is not in what other people can do for us. Our faith and confidence is in God. It's in God, and we've been declared righteous. Can you say amen? Verse 12. And Abraham is also the spiritual father of those who have been circumcised, but only if they have the same kind of faith, in other words, the Jew, only if they have the same kind of faith Abraham had before he was circumcised. Clearly, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants were based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God. Man, I like that. You see that right there? I mean, we ought to just take two minutes and just stare at that. You'll never keep the law. But when you have a relationship with God and you know how much He loves you, you'll do things because you love Him. And in that right relationship, wow, there's no end. God wants to do for you more than you want it done. I promise you. And that's what we have to see. That's because the enemy will lie to you and say, you know what? You know what you said the other day, what you did the other day, the way you acted. I mean, you call yourself a Christian. You did this and that. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're doubting that God can do what he said he'll do because you weren't good enough. That's what that verse of Scripture is saying. Clearly, God's promise to give you and me is based on, not on his, on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. Clearly, clearly, clearly. We're seeing clearly that. Can you say amen? Verse 14. If God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary and the promise is pointless. For the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. 
The only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break. <laughs> then we get into some dangerous territory. Hmm? Hey, I don't have a law. I can drive 125 out here on I-10. I don't have a law. No. No. See, the law of God, the conviction of God is to do what's right. So see, when you see 70 miles an hour, 75 miles, I said 70, now it's 75. You see 75 miles an hour, okay? That's there as a guideline. For what? Well, based on the state of Texas, safety. You know, I'd kind of disagree with some of the turns out there, and there are people blowing at 75, 80 miles an hour. I'm thinking they need to slow it down a tad. But it's for safety. It's for good. It's for what's right, right? So, so that, that's just a standard. But I don't live by that. I obey it because God tells me to obey the laws of the land. See, it always goes back to what God said. And in relationship, you're not looking for an excuse not to do something. You're looking for a reason why to obey God because you love Him so much because through His Word, you're developing this right relationship. Man, my goodness. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. Verse 16. And we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Now, is he talking about when he called him the father of many nations in chapter 12? Absolutely not. It says, this happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. When did that happen? That happened in what we know of in the book of Genesis in chapter 17 and verse 5. And a year later, God called him that in Genesis 7. He changed his name from, from Abram to Abraham. And a year later, a year later, Isaac was born. A year later, Isaac was born. I said a year later, Isaac was born. And in Romans chapter 4, he called, he began to call himself the father of nations. That's what he's saying right here. He began to call himself what God called him. And you know what? He believed it and he didn't doubt. Back in chapter 4, 25 years earlier, he had faith. Because we just read that he had faith. But he had doubt. And you don't see miraculous things like that happen when you have doubt mixed with your faith. And, I, and, and hear, me, hear me tonight. We all have it. Nobody's better than the other. God's not a respecter of person, but he is a respecter of developing your faith. What you're doing with what you're hearing. He's a respecter of that. Because developed faith comes in your and my life from what I hear, 
how I process it and then how I allow it to come out of my mouth in a way that I can hear it and believe what I'm saying. Because I'll tell you this, at the end of the day, you're going to believe what you think above anybody else. That's right. I mean, Jessica can feel a way about herself and my wife can come over and tell her, you know, but Jessica, that's not true and that's not true. But if she believes that about herself, it doesn't matter what my wife tells her. She's going to believe at the end of the day what she thinks about herself. And that's why those things have to change in us. And when they change, then we get on the receiving end just like Abraham did. Verse 18, even when there was no reason for hope, <laughs> Abraham kept hoping, believing, that he would become the father of nations. He didn't back 75 years earlier, but he did right here. He kept believing. He kept standing in faith. And what happened was, that doubt that was leaving and that had left, that doubt, once it was not mixed with his faith, the faith was producing what faith produces. What? The results. Faith produces the results when it's not mixed with doubt. But we've all got it. But we got to get it out. No matter what you're dealing with today, I promise you there's some form of doubt trying to hang around. But the stronger you get in this, the less time that that hangs around because we run it off. It has no right and no, no, no right to remain in our thinking and in our way when we're saturated with what the promises of God say are true. This last two verses here, I just love them. Verse 19. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered. Everybody say never. never. Did we ever read in the Old Testament when he wavered? Absolutely. Have you ever wavered? Yeah. Hmm? <laughs> Have you ever wavered? Yeah, he wavered. But here it says, this, we're, talking about in, we're talking about probably what he's talking about here is the last year. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to God. Why? He was fully convinced. Fully convinced. What is that? Faith with no doubt. I mean, doesn't that bring some clarity to our thinking about this, right? What is being fully convinced? Faith with no doubt. That means that somebody has taken the Word of God, done something with it, believing the promises of God and stayed with it and didn't quit, and it produces the results. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever He promises. And because of Abraham's faith, verse 22, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit, it was recorded for our benefit. To assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. <laughs> wow! Huh? That's 
And, and you know what? You, you, you know why he said it like that? Because if, if you don't do the word, you will get stale in your thinking and you'll allow the enemy to pretty much do and convince you of anything he wants to convince you of. You know, you may not even be saved. Well, you know that book that that friend of yours is reading that all roads lead to heaven. You don't have to do it the Jesus way. You can do it another way. Yeah, there's all kinds of ways to get there. And there's all kinds of books out there talking about it. And you know, don't, like I, I always say this, every time I bring something like this up, I always say this to you. Don't get in battles and arguments with people about that, that not all roads lead to God. Because at the end of the day, what's really going to matter is what, how it is on the other side. And we're, God's going to honor our faith, and we believe it's through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ only. Okay? People that believe that. And so don't get in an argument with people over stuff like that. It's a waste of time. I'm telling you today that the enemy wants to talk you out of your walk with God. And he can only if you let him. And if you think that you can take, you know, a sabbatical for two years from the Word of God and just, you know what, I'm tired of that. I'm, gonna just, I'm just going to do more stuff, you know, that I like to do and this kind of thing. And you're going to take a sabbatical from the Word? I promise you the devil can talk you into anything. But he can't talk you into anything. I'm not trying to put fear on you in any way. I'm just saying he can't. If you just stay immersed in the things of God's word. That's why we have to understand this. Amen? That's why, you know what? You and your family members and the people around you and the church family, we all need each other being doers of the word. We need each other. Because the only way for the world to see that God is real is the love we have for one another. And when people see that kind of love, then the world knows that God's real. Otherwise, we're just like the world. Differences were born again, but we're just like the world, and, and the world views us that way. And a lot of times people say, well, why, why do I want to live and, and do what they're doing when they just act like us? No, we've got to take responsibility for that. Can you say amen to that? Amen. I just want to read one more passage, and I'm done. <clears throat> and I'm going to leave you with this tonight. Second Corinthians. Chapter 5 and verse 17. And I'm going to read that in the New King James. <clears throat> Therefore, if, if anyone, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. Now watch this, verse 21. For he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. How many believe tonight that you are righteous in God because of what he said, right? Now right here he said, we would become righteous. And you know what? Both are true. Both are true. You can't do anything else, based on what we just read in Romans chapter 4, you can't do anything else to become the righteousness of God. 
but the becoming of that righteousness in your soul is from one faith experience to the next ridding your soul of doubt. Then, then the devil can't hammer you over a mistake. You turn to God in your mistakes. Old things are passed away, and behold, everything is brand new. That's not just the day that you got born again. That's today, tomorrow, and every day when you're faced with something in life that tries to get the best of you. Now, old things are passed away. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm not putting up with this. If, if I did something ugly, if I, if I, did, if I said something ugly to, to Sean and, and, I, and, I, and, and I need to repent for that, okay, to, to say, well, yeah, hey, just get over it. and I'm the righteousness of God and bless God. Old things are passed away and everything's brand new. I don't even need to think about that. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. See, when you, when you screw up, you turn to God, and then you do what God says, right? When you've made mistakes, you repent, and, and, and many times we have to go to somebody and repent to that somebody for something that we've done, and when we do, it releases us, and now in that moment, old things are passed away. Devil, you're not beating me up over that. I'm not meditating on that thing. I've gone to that person. I know what I did. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, and I'm pressing in and on, and I will not give in to that. And with that understanding in our lives, we can live and exist day to day victoriously. We can live from one faith victory to the next, not one emotional down spiral to the next emotional down spiral. That, I, I, you know what? If there was, I, I, I've been doing this for, for over 42 years now, and, and if there was another way, I would have found it. But I'm telling you, there's, there's no other way. You have to do it His way. His way is the only way. And we've got to stay with Him. I'm telling you tonight that old things from yesterday are passed away. How many, how many in here that are here tonight, you stood up on Sunday morning when I prayed that prayer over you? How many, how many of you stood up? Okay. Now, everybody can stand if you want to stand. Um, this had to do with, with five different categories that I, uh, I, I put out there for people to stand, and I prayed this prayer. And I want to remind you tonight as we end what this prayer said. I want to remind you of it, okay? And this was the prayer that I spoke. And if you stood for this, one of the things that we have a habit of doing is is forgetting, letting things go in one ear and out the other, and then we forget what happened. Do not forget that prayer. Okay? I mean, don't forget the things that we prayed over in Vision Sunday as we laid hands on your visions. Don't forget those things. Be, let those things be fresh. That's where we live victorious. That's where the expectation is developed, the faith is developed, and the doubt leaves when we stay with it. We stay with it on a daily basis, thanking God. Father, I thank you for that prayer that was prayed. I, what, what, I, what I stood for and what I agreed with Pastor on, I'm thanking you that your word is true and, and constantly going over that with the Lord and, and acknowledging the fact that you're believing that what we prayed is coming to pass. We have to do our part in that. Sometimes it appears like this walk with God can be a full-time job, but I'm telling you, it's a full-time job. It ain't no semen, nothing about it. You take a break from it. Uh, I, I mean, 
I, there, was a, there was a day when I took a break from the Word of God when I, when I went on a vacation. And I mean, that was one of the most hellacious vacations I've ever had in my life. I came home wore out because I took a break from the Word of God. That was early on, and I hadn't done that in years and years. You don't take a break from God's Word. Amen? And this is, this is what we prayed on Sunday. Jesus bore your sins in His body on the tree. Therefore, <clears throat> you are dead to sin, and you are alive unto God. By His stripes, you are healed and made whole. Jesus bore your sickness, and He carried your pain. Therefore, I give, we're in agreement, we give no place to sickness or pain, for God sent His Word, and He healed you, spirit, soul, and body. Can you say amen? amen? God healed us and delivered us. Tonight, don't forget that.